Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, December 25th, Christmas Day. The teachings of Jesus Christ and of every great spiritual master are as fresh, true, and alive today as when they were first declared. Truth never changes with time. Its expression may vary with fluctuations in human understanding, but love, wisdom, and joy are eternal realities. There is no need to pound your pulpit emotionally All that anyone needs is the awareness that truth, as taught in all true scriptures, is forever one. Our souls came from God, and our divine assignment is to merge back at last into Him. This is such a sweet and beautiful expression. One of the uh, divine responsibilities that was given by the Himalayan masters and by God was to Paramhansa Yogananda to come from India to the West. He came in 1920, and and his mission was to teach us Kriya Yoga, which is a a technique of meditation that awakens us to the divine presence within us, and also to teach from both the Bible and from the Bhagavad Gita in order to show that the original teachings of Krishna and the original teachings of Jesus Christ are the same. And the way Master put it was to say, self-realization has come to unite all religions. Now, he did not mean that self-realization church is going to be the Catholic church of the future and that all true souls will unite under one institutional banner. He meant exactly the opposite. What he meant was, is the the principle of self-realization. The idea, Swami has written here, that we all come from God and the only purpose of life is to become more and more perfectly aware of our oneness with God and more and more perfectly to express our oneness with God. And that all paths lead to the same goal. You can think, if you think of a very large mountain with many valleys and forests and different uh, meadows and crevasses and all of these different um, access routes, and we start from all sides and often we can't see each other because we're on opposite sides of a great mountain, And we actually even appear to be going in contradictory directions. One is heading north and one is heading south. But the truth is we're all heading toward the same peak. And the closer the soul gets to the same peak, the more obvious it is that everyone else, by whatever route they got there, is also heading for the same goal. And whatever we had to do to get there, which is is to speak of our beliefs, our rituals, our specific devotion, All of it becomes less and less important as we all begin to merge into the same one peak. This is why great saints of all religions agree with each other. But as you get farther down the mountain, when this one is crossing a desert and this one is crossing a meadow and this one is making its way through a jungle and that one is getting over a deep crevasse, one will argue that, that, you know, the path is through the crevasse, the path is through the forest, The path is through the desert because it is. 
But that doesn't mean that the truth that we're heading for is different. Now, in the Indian tradition, this is completely understood. In the Bhagavad Gita, it's in, and here, here's where the difficulty comes. In the Bhagavad Gita, with this, this continuous ancient tradition of spiritual understanding, there is a continuous record of the intermittent reappearance of these great, fully realized Christs. Jesus was Jesus the Christ. It, and Krishna and Christ, Master said, they're the same word. And they, they relate to this the state of consciousness you experience when, when your entire individual self is, is focused at the spiritual eye. This is called the Christ center. And when our consciousness is focused at the Christ center, every individual soul becomes a Christ at that point. We become our, our, our individuality, we become aware that our individuality is actually one with the, with the spirit. I mean, there's a whole esoterica that's involved in that. But in the tradition of India, which is this continuous tradition, these Christs have appeared from time to time. Rama, Buddha, Krishna, and each of them teaches differently, expresses himself differently, but behind it is the same one revelation of truth. And, and so when, when another avatar, which is the true meaning of that word, which is the full descent of spirit into human form, um, when, when a true avatar comes, he, his, his, his self-realization and his perception of truth is the same as everyone who has come before him. If we're talking about infinite, absolute truth, you cannot have multiples of them. You can't have several eternities sort of all running together. You know, you can't, you can't have, you just can't. They all come to the same mountaintop. But each master um, comes at the behest of God and at the call of, of sincerely longing souls into a particular, well, into a particular planet, but let's just deal with planet Earth, into a particular culture at a particular time in the yuga cycle, in the elevation of the planet. They come to a particular group of disciples with whom they have undoubtedly been connected for many generations, and, and a, a time in human history when perhaps certain shifts are needed that color what they say. So the master enjoys an absolute state of freedom, but what he can teach is defined, as Swami puts it here, by the understanding of people, by all these conditions. Um, when Jesus came, he was called by the sincere desire of the Jewish people, and he needed to progress Judaism from the harsh judge to the loving father, because that was the, the, the necessary progression of it. When Krishna incarnated, it was, it was Dwapara Yuga descending, Kali Yuga starting, it was the same transition of the Yugas, but on the downward cycle, the same transition that we're in now on the upward cycle. Kali Yuga, the age of matter ending. Dwapara Yuga, the age of energy starting. So Ram, uh, Yogananda came to make this transition. Krishna came to make this transition the other way. The Mahabharata, this great epic of India, is the story of what Krishna did. The New Testament is the story of what Jesus did. Autobiography of a yogi, Swami Kriyananda's The New Path, and various other books are the story of what Yogananda is doing. And 
And when Yogananda incarnates, it's the age of radio and television and airplane travel and world wars and uh, uh, all these new things are beginning. When Krishna incarnates, they're driving chariots. They're going to war. It's, it's just a completely, just a different reality that we're working with. Yogananda can talk about God in terms of the movie theater, which actually is an image that's already out of date. When I was a child, the movie theater, there was a projection booth, there was a strip of film, there was a light beam that went through the, the film that projected it onto the screen. And Master would talk a lot about, you look at it, it looks like a, 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 a three-dimensional event with all these different people. And then he would say, you look back at the projection booth and you see a, a single beam of light that is breaking up into all these forms. It was a perfect image for the way God makes creation. Except nowadays, nobody knows what you're talking about. And can you imagine Jesus trying to talk about the movie theater? So Jesus talked about, what does Jesus talk about? He talks about sheep. He talks about wheat. He talks about wineskins, like who owns a wineskin? Who has old wine and old wineskins, or new wine and new wineskins? And, and Jesus talks to us about, if one of your sheep falls into a ditch on the Sabbath, Will you rescue it from the ditch? And you think, sheep? And then you think, Sabbath? And then you think, ditch? And you don't even know, I mean, like, how do I even think about this? He wasn't being obscure. Jesus wasn't trying to give us something that we we're going to have to work with. He talks about the harvest. The wheat is, is ready for harvest. But nobody's, the workers aren't there, aren't out there harvesting it. Well, yeah, some people still live on farms, but... The majority of us have never seen a field ripe for harvest. We have no idea what it's like to go out there and put wheat together. We don't separate wheat from chaff. I mean, on and on and on. Because they're born into a particular time. It's the same message. I and my Father are one. That which I do, ye shall do in greater things. Be therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. You know, this world is not what it seems. My power is not of this world but they have to talk differently. Krishna had to go to war. Krishna had to persuade his disciples to pick up their swords and fight because that was what was required. Yogananda incarnated in two incarnations that we know in which he was a soldier king. He was, he was Ferdinand III in Spain and he was William the Conqueror in English history, English and French history. And he picked up a sword and fought. But as Jesus when Peter picked up a sword, Jesus said, you know, put your sword back. He who lives by the sword dies by the sword. Peter was going to defend him with a sword, and Jesus forbade him to do it. William the Conqueror told his disciples, pick up your swords and fight. And he led them into battle with his own sword in his hand. But the teaching was exactly the same. Now, it's your mind, the mind goes, you know, it's not easy for us to get this together. And that's what Yogananda is here to show us. He's trying to show us behind by reinterpreting all those scriptures in light of modern understanding. And nowadays our collective consciousness as we move into Dwapara is so much more refined that we can imagine, you see, when we move, when you're in the age of form, form is fixed and rigid and separate. So Jesus Christ is the only Son of God 
he said he was our savior. There can't be another savior. You must accept him. It's based on matter being the own reality. These are my glasses. This is my cup. You know, no amount of imagination is going to make them the same thing. They're two separate things in the world of matter. But even the physicist, what to speak of the sage, actually will tell you that this cup isn't actually here. The cup that you hold in your hand is just a vibration of energy. And so if I can get my energy to match, I can merge all these things into one, can't I? So Jesus said, I and my Father are one, and people, most people scratched their heads and weren't sure what he meant, but his deeper disciples knew it. He took them, he took them aside. He, he taught them intuitively. They knew what he was talking about. Master can say all he wanted to. His deeper disciples knew. He took them aside. And they all see that, that it's all that, that the soul manifested from God and its destiny is to realize itself as one with that spirit. Self-realization is the unifying reality behind all religions. And when we bring the teaching of the East, which understands on a much longer rhythm, the basic teaching of, of, of Christianity, which has been diluted over time because the revelation of the Master is, is crystal clear, and then over time, generations of theologians and church administrators. A friend of mine who was a, a, an Episcopal priest, he, I asked him some question about Christianity, and he actually answered me from what he'd learned at Yale Divinity School, and he said to me, well, you see, the full teaching of Christ didn't come right away. It was, it was 300 years before the full teaching was revealed. Now, he was actually a Creobon. He was just repeating what he had learned without thinking. I said, listen to me, my friend. You're telling me that Jesus, the Christ, didn't really know what he was teaching, that it took 300 years of church authority to figure out what he meant, that they improved on his teachings? Listen to yourself. And he sort of got, sort of hung his head a little and said to me, my life was simpler before I met you. <laughs> of course, he was teasing, but he was right. I mean, what kind of sense is that? What actually happens is that lesser and lesser minds reinterpret it to something they can understand. And that's why, according to the Gita, the masters have to keep coming back because they keep having to fix it. You know, it just, it gets lost because it just gets lost. That's just the way of things. And then a new master comes, and sometimes it's even the same master reincarnating. He comes back to make it clear to us, to remind us, and also to adjust the teachings to be appropriate for whatever age, to meet his disciples again and move them forward, countless things, but not to create something that's never been there before, perhaps to forge a new route up the mountain, but it's up the same mountain, up to the same peak. So, Swami says, the teachings of Jesus Christ and of every great spiritual master are as fresh, true, and alive today as when they were first declared. Truth never changes with time. Its expression may vary with fluctuations in human understanding, but love, wisdom, and joy are eternal realities. There's no need to pound your pulpit emotionally. All that anyone needs is the awareness that truth, as taught in all true scriptures, is forever one. Our souls came from God, and our divine assignment is to merge back at last 
into him. God bless you, my friends, and Merry Christmas. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.